to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, this is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hudge, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's now comes in soundproof rapping. It's Luke Bly, Master mm-hmm. Blywalker. How you doing, mate? Oi, oi, Savaloy. Yes, I've got my Galactic Empire t-shirt on that we got from yes. our gig that we went to, Mad. which was great fun. Can't believe that. Yeah, we were saying off air, world. weren't we? Trying to trying to explain that to family members. Like, oh yeah, still trying to. Yeah, they don't get it. They don't get it. And yeah, I've done a bit of soundproofing in the office because it was winding me up whenever I recorded something. I could always when when I'm loud and I do tend to go up and down a little bit in my volume. When I'm loud, I'm like, oh, there's a smidge of an echo when I'm editing, and I'm like, oh, winds me up. But I've spent a bit of the weekend, mate kind of revamping the office slash geek room right so again it's not complete but i've boxed a few more figures i've got a poster up i've done the soundproofing you know i'm i'm gonna order like a new cabinet it is like it's the best feeling ever isn't it like doing or sorting stuff out in your little safe space your cozy space oh mate i'm yeah cloud nine so that is basically my star wars bit of gossip for the week have you got any uh, any good Star Warsy crack coming your way, mate? Not really, mate. I spent all weekend being ill, just getting over it now. Um, been under the weather, but I'm oh. uh, I'm, I'm fighting fit now, though, mate. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too weak. I'm ready I'm to too- go again, though, my friend. But no, I haven't um, been watching any Star Wars this weekend. If I've been wanting to rewatch some of the Andor arcs again, and also like the main, like you did the other week, episodes four and five of Ahsoka, or some of the Mando, but. I never did get round to it, but um, I will do during the week. I did buy a sweet Return of the Jedi poster. It's got 12 um, perforated posters, which you can frame, which I probably won't, but I have them anyway. But um, mm. but did, did you hear about the poker player who, who broke his arm? What? Do you hear about the poker player who broke his arm? No. He's, he's finding it hard to deal with. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> Matt loves it. This guy, this guy. There's no need for that, was there? On Matt's like Instagram and your like <laughs> WhatsApp stories, it is just like you've kind of slipped into this dad dad joke sort of zeitgeist, haven't you? And you're like just learning to wield the force. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stupid humour, no, but I love really, it. It's snowing again, isn't it? Snowing again outside, mate. So off, bit cold, off, bit chilly. Up in Essex. Yep, yep. Echo base, mate, outside. Echo base. But yeah, other than that... Like, snowing here as well, actually. I can see it. There we go. Your Live your weather joking. report is snowing. No, it's stark at a base. Mm. It's the real deal, mate. It's the real deal. But listen, uh, this week's show, I'm super excited for it. This is something that's been on the cards for a very, very long time. But we, we've, we've kind of wanted to do it at the right time. Uh, so, mate, I'm, I'm buzzing for this absolutely buzzing for it 
No, mate, same here, mate. I When, when you mentioned doing this particular episode, I was very, very excited, mainly just for all the, the research that went into it. It's always mm. a joy and a pleasure to research this. But before we get into that, mate, I can hear the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi ringing through my ears. And it certainly isn't me being ill. It definitely is Big Ben Kenobi. What does it mean, my friend? It must mean it's Galactic News Round. Yeah, come on. For the second time in six months, an original Palatoid Jawa figure will go up for auction and is expected to fetch between 10 and 15,000 pounds on the 27th of January 2024 at Excalibur Auctions. The Mandalorian scooped the Creative Arts Emmy Award for Outstanding Stunt Performance. The award went to Latif Crowder, Paul Darnell, JJ Dashnor, and Ryan Ryosaki for their work on Chapter 24 The Return, The Mandalorian Season 3 Finale. And in the world of football, new Swansea City FC manager Liam Williams had a clause in his contract stating he must agree to a Luke Skywalker announcement video, which he duly did in a video caption, Luke, you are our gaffer. Yeah, the announcement was part of a social media stunt by the club. (laughs) And finally, according to analytics completed at Whip Media, The Mandalorian was 2023's most watched original series in the US, according to the analytics firm. Ahsoka was also in the top 10. Hi, this is Mike Quinn. This is Vanessa Marshall. This is Brendan Wayne. This is Guy Henry. This is Kyle Newman, director of Fanboys and producer of Disturbance in the Force. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. The Force? The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Found in all living things, found and disclosed from us. Uh, controls individuals, yet we have free will. We have a destiny if we want to follow it. We live for a reason and must discover what it is. The dark side is pleasure, biological, and temporary, and easy to achieve. The light side is joy, everlasting, and difficult to achieve. The great challenge must overcome laziness, give up quick pleasures, and overcome fear which leads to hate. Now, Star Wars has been loaded with incredible and iconic scenes over the past 50 years nearly. But one moment continuously stands out above the rest and has transcended that time and varying changes of the cinematic gods and it remains one of the most indelible images from the franchise and yes cinema itself luke bligh hmm. what is that moment we're talking about tonight pure magic mate pure magic it's the binary sunset luke skywalker coming out of his gaff 
<laughs> and looking at a sunset. Yeah, it's very simple. When you put it like that, it's very, very, very simple. But Matt, yeah, like with anything in Star Wars, like with anything in film and television, in music, anything creative, it all comes down to the execution. And thank you, yeah. Mm. Well, I finished my coffee, but I've got a few like little dregs there. I've got water ready. Um, yeah, yeah. The thing is, mate. The thing is, mate. This is flawless. This is flawless cinema, and I think I'd argue this is, without a doubt, one of the most iconic moments in cinema, in popular culture. It is so famous so well known that even if you're not a star wars fan you've probably seen it you probably recognize the music right and i don't know i think we we want to dive into you know what does it mean okay because it's all going to mean different things to all of us right and we might relate to it in different ways but what does it mean mm-hmm. what's the intention and what can matt and i get out of it what can you guys get out of it and where else do we see it in Star Wars? I think that's kind of the the gist of the pitch of this episode, right? Yes, mate. It's like you said, it's one of the most iconic scenes in all of cinema history. You know, for the century or so of moving pictures on screen, this is one of the greatest ones. And it isn't biased from a Star Wars podcast. It's it's almost objection of fact. It, mm-hmm. it just is. It's, you know, Star Wars A New Hope or just Star Wars is a classic film. And this is one of the moments that people remember for good reason, because like you said, it is it is magic. It's so simple, mm-hmm. but sometimes, you know, beauty lies in simplicity. And, you know, A New Hope has that in spades. This isn't a, a New Hope episode, but even just that film in itself, it's such a simple idea. You see hero's journey, um, good versus evil, very easy premise, but it's what you, it's how you fill those cracks. It's the polyfilly you, you use to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this scene in particular, mate, it's every time I watch it, especially for this episode, you get chills. It is, mm-hmm. It's hard not to, mate. It really is hard not to. You've got the acting, the overall direction, including the cinematography from Gilbert Taylor. I think that's extremely important to mention. And the music had to be spot on to sell the moment. And, and they achieved it. You know, John Williams stepped up and delivered genuine greatness in that moment. Oh. I think, and for me, mate, I think this scene would have sold the entire thing to me, the whole the whole idea of this film to me, if I was alive in seventy seven watching this. Now, being a kid back then, seeing the the hero of the story gazing longingly at the horizon, dreaming of a bigger and better future, one full of uncertainty. Now, it's no wonder why so many of the people that I've spoken to who saw the film when it was released have such a strong attachment to this moment because it you know luke is all of us at that moment and he don't have to be a, a young lad or a young lass he can be any age you want we've all done it we've all stared at the window or stared at the horizon or something and just you get swept up for that 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 brief few seconds don't you mate and that's the beauty of it it's the relatability exactly i was gonna say something similar like it resonates with all of us you know i clearly remember as a kid having similar moments not just one moment but moments and um it's gonna sound really stupid i've not even i don't even know if i've shared this like with many people but i'm gonna (laughs) share it i'm gonna share it on here but i do remember um it being like summer i think and um up until until i was i think about 11 i'd never flown before right and 
where we live, right, in the southeast of England, but particularly in, in here in Essex, we live over a really busy flight corridor, right? Yes. I think it's the busiest in the world, actually. You look up, there is always planes in the air, right? There's loads of planes around London, and loads of planes have, like, little motorways that they can't actually uh, go off of. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, I'd look up, and I'd see it. And it was a beautiful sunset, beautiful night, and I saw, like, a few planes in the air. And I, it's really stupid. It's really lame. But I did wonder to myself, and I clearly remember thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm going to go on a plane and go on like my own adventures one day. And it, it, yes. and it felt like a Luke Skywalker moment. And that is what the moment is, isn't it? It's what, what does the future hold? What am I going to choose to do? And that's why we played that, you know, that, that, that wise clip of old Georgie Lucas at the beginning about the dark side and the light side, you know, good and bad. Everyone has a choice, being proactive versus being lazy. You know, and it, there's that. I, I, I was toying around with including it, mate, but I was like, no, we can't, like, do too much, George. <laughs> you know, there's only so much we can handle. No, there's <laughs> there's never enough, George, but, you know, we never enough. Chat, you know. Um, but there's that brilliant analogy that he always uses about buying your first car, you know, passing your driving test, buying your first car, and how especially very wealthy people are always chasing that feeling that they won't ever get, you know, until until they've got like a yacht, they've got 12 cars and stuff, and yet it still doesn't meet that first feeling. You're chasing that's something it. that just, that's not actually happiness. Happiness is something else. Happiness is family. Happiness is doing good, being good, doing good to others. And yeah, what 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 does this scene mean? What does this scene mean in Star Wars to us? That's kind of the the gist, mate. Yeah, exactly, mate. And even you don't have to even be a, a seven year old or eleven year old looking up at the sky. I remember only a couple of years ago in my old gaff in up in Brentwood, I had this big old window looking out over over Brentwood, essentially over where I live. Mm. Sorry, and I just remember, you know, in the, the last even the last few weeks I was there, I'd stand out the windows, look out there. And just you get lost looking and thinking, man, I wonder what's next. You just don't know. But mm-hmm. and I wasn't maybe subconsciously thinking about Big Daddy Luke, but we all do it. And I'm pretty sure some of our listeners who are even older than we are, they still do it now, whether they're at work or sitting in their garden or whatever. You just it's the beauty of that moment. And you know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to dive into it a bit more. But everything had to come together, like that first film. Everything had to come together to work, whether it's subconsciously or not. And they managed it. They managed it. But the scene, the scene is nothing without context. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And we're going to um, just dive into what what leads into this famous moment. You know, I think that R two, you know, we bought might have been stolen. What makes you think that? I stumbled across a recording while I was cleaning him. He says he belongs to someone called Obi-Wan Kenobi. I thought he might have meant old Ben. Do you know what he's talking about? Hmm. I wonder if he's related to Ben. That wizard's just a crazy old man. Tomorrow I want you to take that R2 unit to anchor head and have its memory erased. That'll be the end of it. It belongs to us. But what if this Obi-Wan comes looking for? He won't. I don't think he exists anymore. He died about the same time as your father. He knew my father? I told you to forget it. 
Your only concern is to prepare those new droids for tomorrow. In the morning, I want them up there on the South Ridge working on those condensers. Yes, sir. I think those new droids are going to work out fine. In fact, I'm uh, also thinking about our agreement, about me staying on another season. And if these new droids do work out, I want to transmit my application to the Academy this year. You mean the next semester before the harvest? Sure, there's more than enough droids. Harvest is when I need you the most. It's only one season more. This year we'll make enough on the harvest that I'll be able to hire some more hands and then you can go to the Academy next year. You must understand I need you here, Luke. But it's a whole other year. Look, it's only one more season. Yeah, she said when Biggs and Tank left. Where are you going? It's like I'm going nowhere. I have to go finish cleaning those droids. Oh, and he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone. It means so much to him. I'll make it up to him next year. I promise. <laughs> Luke's just not a farmer, Owen. He has too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. He's just not a farmer, mate. He's not a farmer. <laughs> he ain't. But the truth is, why this is so magic and why the context of the sunset is so important is because that conversation is actually very relevant to, I dare I say, most of us. Right. What do I mean by that, mate? Well, if you think about how many dreams people have, how many ambitions people have, or even, you know, we, we, we live in a world where there's a great deal of people who don't have the fortune of being taught how to play an instrument, how to write music. Yeah, they, they're, they're not taught that. They, they are not given the opportunity. Okay, they could teach themselves or something, but maybe they don't have the circumstances. Maybe they've been looking after family, doing this, doing that all of their life. They don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And yet, in a different circumstance, in a different life, they're, they're probably a really good musician. Yeah, not everyone is afforded an opportunity. Not everyone is afforded a call to action, a call to adventure, right? Many people, loads of people have wanted to do amazing, great things, but there's been perfectly legitimate reasons for them not to do that. Maybe they have family. Maybe they have kids. Maybe they have commitments. Maybe they've got to pay bills. Maybe they've got to do this, go that, you know, just think of that. And that is Luke in this situation, isn't he? He's He's got parents, you know, parental figures called guardians who are just looking out for him out of love. Yeah. And they know a bit more about his background than he does. And they're scared. And that's, that's fine. But Baru's Baru just emotionally understands. Yeah. But Owen, like this ain't him. Yeah. This isn't him. And it's, you know, you're just, you're just trying to stop the inevitable. Right. But it, yeah, it, I think it's especially relatable, that conversation. Yeah, it's a very real family dispute or a real feeling, very genuine feeling family dispute. It's a youngster wanting to do his own things. But like you said, he's, he's held back by well-meaning, but mm. strict parental figures, stereotypically of, of the time, it's the patriarch of the family, it's the geezer, mm-hmm. it's the dad who's saying, you're not doing that, you're staying here and you're going to work on the farm. Um, and I never want to hear anyone say the new Star Wars stuff has too many real world things in when they're talking about farming and harvesting way back when. But uh, Owen's not mean yeah. or spiteful or even overbearing necessarily. He's just concerned. Like you said, he's concerned. 
he needs the help on the farm, yes, but he fears for Luke out there in the galaxy. He knows what's out there. And if Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, is going to say anything, you know, he's seen what's out there. And he mm. feels that he can protect him. But yeah, Baru knows the score. Baru knows that Luke is young and impatient and then possibly like, the best piece of incredible foreshadowing that's entirely accidental when she says, you know, he's got too much of his father in him and Owen says, that's what I'm afraid of. That line works incredibly well now, but then it, it uh, you know, it's just a line just to kind of, oh, what does that mean? But now it, it actually works so well because of the prequels, because of what we know and what uh, Empire Strikes Back gave us. But yeah, there's there's a relatability about this and there's a simplicity to it as well. There's no, there's no music playing in the background until we get later on, or really anyway, and certainly not any music which uh, takes over the scene, which mm. I like. It's just a domestic scene of a family having dinner basically and you know what i say mate you know put the right people in the right place and give them you know dialogue that fits this may not be groundbreaking dialogue but it fits because it feels genuine and you get a scene like this a nice little break from the chaos that came before and yeah very 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 good bit of context no mate it well it could be in any like room in yes, your house and yeah. my house like that yeah. dialogue could be anywhere yeah like they're talking about farming and stuff like you, yeah, yeah exactly. you could literally lift that and put it into you know a dickens film yeah i know you know that's just the first person i thought of not tr- you know the, uh, an adaptation right anyway yes. <laughs> you get it he, he loves it, he? you can take that and put it into so many different things it's a very normal conversation really relatable and you remember what harrison said you can write this yeah, but, but you can't say it that's, this is the polar opposite, isn't it? Yes, it's the antithesis of yeah. what what Harrison said, and and it, I I think the charm of Star Wars is you still do have those crazy things that you've never seen before. The aliens, the creatures, the puppets. Well, look what came like, before what? this scene. Everything yeah. that came before. The weird, yeah, yeah. like C three PO and R two D two getting shot down into Tatooine. You're like, what? Are you? you know, what is this stuff, man? I still crack up about Return of the Jedi, man. The first 20 minutes of Return of the Jedi, you're like, what the hell is what this? Are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? No wonder it's not big in China. Like, if this is the, if this is the introduction to it, they're like, what? What is going on? What? What? <laughs> oh, but, you know, I think the point is, is even with Owen and Baru, you, you, they, they must, as characters... You know, they would have had dreams because they're humans, right? They would have had dreams, but they do what they do because they're selfless selfless in their pursuit of life, in pursuit of helping family and the betterment of people that they love, right? And that's, that's a really noble thing. But also, it's not wrong to go... Yeah, I think I I think I need to move. I think I need to change. You know, I think I need to do this. That's that's my calling. That's what I think I'm going to be best at. That's where I can help people. And again, going back to what George said, it's fine to go and do that to make that choice, but is it for the better? Is it for the better of yourself and for others? Is it a loving thing to do or is it a selfish thing to do? And this is where I think actually it's a it's a good segue to the next bit. Yeah, which is, it is all about choice. And I think that's maybe a theme in Binary Sunset that some some people lose. But yeah, should, should we play some 
some of the best music ever created, Matt. <laughs> Wait, let's do it. moment of silence for that mm. mate honestly how can you not listen to that and feel the hairs on the back of your neck and on your arms just flying up the chills everywhere goosebumps e- even without the scene or the context it's a stunning bit of music and i know you're a picture in the scene you, you, you can't help it it's 39 seconds of pure bliss and that bit of music just says so much in and of itself, there is hope, there is yearning, there is frustration in there. There is so much emotion like dripping from it. It can mean whatever you want it to mean at that moment, which is why, you know, the John Williams himself has used that leitmotif throughout the other films because it can, it fits so many places. But I don't think it's ever worked better than it has here. And the way it just starts when you have the exterior shot of the, ha- the homestead and you've got this beautiful ombre sky blue bleeding into pink with two suns in the distance one bright white and the others this scorching orange and then you know luke comes out and he kicks the sand in frustration and he's just a kid it's another way of us just thinking it's just a kid you know he's coming out he's kicking the sand mm. and he's, he's it's petulant but we have to remember this is just a kid who's just been told no you can't go and do what you want you need to stay here and help me out and he makes his way to this mound overlooking the dunes and one leg perched up, looks into the suns, and he's just the longing is evident. You know, Mark Hamill wordlessly nails this scene. At first, you can see this annoyance, frustration in his eyes and his face. He takes deep breath, and then we see the suns. We come back to Luke. He looks down, and when he looks up, there's this kind of like seeming renewed sense of steel and determination in his eyes what i love about the scene is just as he goes to turn around to walk back that that steel he kind of lets his guard down and you know when realization sets in when he turns to leave he kind of it's like he's come crashing back down to earth again and all of this is in 39 in 39 seconds we know everything we ever need to know about the character Mm. about the story about what's out there about the scope of this thing it's it's genius and it's simplicity, mate. And I, you know, I've I've seen the version with John Williams' original score, and it's fine. But it's a lot darker and more foreboding. It's one of those moments where George said to John, "I think we should play, you know, that 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 Ben's theme, that light motif for Kenobi over this." And John Williams said, "Fine." And this is it. What you get, mate? It's um, genius. It's perfect, isn't it? I think you just said that. It is. It is perfect. The music. The the filming. Everything about it, it's wonderful. There's a lot of symbolism. But, you know, let's let's bring it back to the real world again. You know, when anything momentous happens 
you know, in, in, in people's lives, whether it's uh, getting married, right? Maybe it's um, having like a kid, um, getting a new job, you know, I, it could be playing in a football game or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah scoring your the, first goal. Yeah, who knows? It's the beginning though, isn't it? It's the beginning. Yeah. Knowing that you have something ahead, that's the excitement. It's the unknown. It's the blank canvas. And in doing that, that can be really exciting. And it is exciting. Usually it should be exciting, but it can be daunting as well. And you kind of have two choices. Are you going to, you know, uh, try and fight for a better outcome or are you kind of going to shy away? Right. And it's not an accident that there's, there's two stars that we see, right? Twin suns and one is lighter and one is darker, right? Yep. And I, th- I think that is kind of another message that this, uh, this, this scene is giving off is that everyone has choices. And usually, usually if you strip everything away, it does come down to two, a yes or no. It can be binary. And look, a lot of topics, a lot of things have nuance. Of course they do. But in that moment, Luke's life, what is he going to do? Is he going to choose the light or the dark? Is he going to run away? Well, it turns out for someone like Luke Skywalker, mate, what happens if Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen don't pass away, aren't killed? You know, what, what actually happens there? What what yeah. what what life does he choose? Does he ignore Obi Wan and kind of go, yeah, I think I'm just going to go back home and you know I'll, I'll join the academy, join who the Empire because that yep. is the de facto thing. That's what everyone does. That's what his mates did, right? They go, oh yeah, I'm going to join the academy. Do you know what I mean? Join the Empire because it's a nice job, gets me off the planet. Why not? again you understand it don't you but you're he's signing up to a system that isn't a good system it's an oppressive system but it takes for a call to action it takes something actually quite remarkable something that isn't nice it's a horrible thing for him to be kind of plucked out of his situation out of his lifestyle and go no you need you need to choose more seriously now and he does go through he chooses the right one is, is, you know, what we all know. We all understand. We've all watched the films, right? <laughs> but Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. But he chooses <laughs> the right path. But this is, a, this is a lesson for all of us, isn't it? This is a lesson for all of us. Yep. We all have choice, right? And, uh, yeah, wonderful scene, mate, in so many ways. Wonderful. So powerful. The music. My days. Oh. When when destiny's laid out in front of you, you take the left door, the right door, the middle door. There's a mm-hmm. brilliant passage, um, and I know it was picked up when the last Jedi expanded edition novel came out. Uh, Jason Fry did a wonderful kind of job. The first chapter is it's just like inside Luke's head, and it's and it's basically it is what you've just said. It's Luke on Acto, just basically thinking, what have I never bothered? What have I just ignored that message in the R two unit? And it doesn't really go into much. It basically says he would have just stayed on Tatooine become a moisture farmer he would have married cammy the um the girl from the deleted scene and who was also in mando uh, was a book mm-hmm. of boba fett sorry and you know the empire would have reigned and that's how it would have been so that was a really cool kind of look back into how luke would have thought it and it's like a chapter but it's really well done but it's interesting to have that kind of what if and it all relates back to this 
moment, this stark and beautiful moment of of longing. And it's about change. Well, like you say, it's about making the right choice. It's about a change. The suns are setting, a new day's coming, a change is literally on the horizon. And that is what I love about this. And it was it was Luke Skywalker's grandmother, who we never met. Mm-hmm. He said, You can't stop the change any more than you can stop the suns from setting. And, you know, in that moment, everything changes for Luke. And it is it's, it's again, it is coming back to that thing we've been saying, it's a simplicity, looking to a future or a destiny that seems unobtainable. And oh. the moment when Luke at the very this that very end, he kind of looks down and realizes he's not out there in the stars. And his dreams are stifled by that reality. Mm. That's what I love as well. It isn't. It isn't just Lukey Boy Skywalker looking out to the sun and sort of smiling and kind of winking at the sun, to, as if to say, "I've got this." There is that uncertainty in this moment, which I love. It's a powerful moment, which has confidence and uncertainty and hand in hand, doubt go hand in hand in hand. But and that's that's what I love about it. Is it isn't just a declaration of i'm gonna be the man it's you know i want to be out there but i don't know if i can do this i don't know if i can do like you said what happens if uncle and aunt literally say you ain't doing it or if i wake up tomorrow and decide yeah maybe my life is here it's it's Mm -hmm. that uncertainty but also the excitement of what lays ahead exactly like you've just said mate for all these big moments in life it starts somewhere you know if like they say every river starts from a drop becomes a puddle becomes a stream and all that stuff everything starts somewhere and this this scene is almost kind of like your your ground zero for the saga in a whole uh, mm. obviously yes you've got the prequels and everything before but certainly for for luke skywalker's story story this is the moment when it all changes and it's and in, and just in that music i was just up in my head that's we're talking i'm just thinking about it more and more and the and I don't know if you've heard. Did you hear the original score that John Williams had over this? I've heard it in in the past, but not in oh, 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 dare I say like recent years, mate. To be yes. honest, it's, it's it's okay, but it's so interesting to go back and watch this scene with like deliberate music, not just something that you know anyone on YouTube has done. This is John Williams' yeah. score, and he, he he said he'd put what he calls Luke's theme over it. But it felt very foreboding, much less emotive though, and it's got a slice of um, his his pretentious, but Diaz Ire in it, which is the boom 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 boom, which is the light motif, which symbolises death, which is really odd that they put that in. But uh, but that also that they also play that later with when Luke sees um, Owen and Baru in the actual score. But send me send me a link to that when you can. I mate. will do. But it's just interesting to look at it. Look at this scene without that because of all everything we've said. Like Gilbert mm. Taylor's framing in this, the composition and placement of shots is vital for the moment because if if he shoots it from directly in front of Luke or behind, like it starts with, or even a side-on view, how does that look? But no, he's it's he's looking directly at Luke at an angle, just below, almost looking up, and it. It's that placement of camera and that cinematography which works so well. And, of course, the Tunisian um, mm-hmm. tundra landscape and sunset would have helped incredibly well with that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll send that over, mate, because when you watch the scene without the music, it's very interesting because it's a beautiful scene, but without all of the components there, yeah. it does take on a different turn. I'll send you the link, mate. Yeah. I mean, something I wanted to... Um 
to add there's a well there's a couple of things i wanted to add to that and again wonderful points brought out mate you know and luke is uh frustrated at the situation right but i would i wouldn't say luke is angry with his aunt and uncle do you know what i mean like i, I, I don't agree. think he's angry at them he's angry at the situation he's angry at the setting he's angry at tatooine isn't yeah. he the predicament he's, he's in at that moment. Correct. The situation. And, um, you know, as he goes up, it's probably something he's done once or twice before I've seen you send that, mate. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll load that up in a second. Cheers. The old cheeky yeah, link. Um, but no, it's, it's probably something he's seen before, right? There's not a lot else to look at in in his vicinity is that in it his really area isn't. in his neighborhood right uh so it's something he's probably quite familiar with and it's and it's maybe the time of day where it's not too hot where it's actually quite enjoyable you look at it, it's like oh, yeah it's, it is beautiful blah 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 but i'm bored i want you know what else is out there yeah what's yeah. interesting when i was writing some uh personal notes and doing some research on this um, for this episode, it was brought to my attention that someone pointed out this is probably Luke's last time ever looking at the sunset on Tatooine, mate. And we witnessed bang that. on, even though he's probably done it like thousands of times, right, or hundreds of times, right? He's wow. used to it, and yet what we're witnessing, but he doesn't as a character, he doesn't know that that we're seeing a sunset. We are seeing literally. And this is a point you've just raised. Um, we're seeing the close of his adolescence, really, aren't we? That's it. It's done. After, yeah. after that moment, he doesn't realize it. That's it. The sun sets on him being a young boy. He, he, he needs to become a hero now. He needs to choose what path he goes down, right? And in, in, in hours, his life is completely, completely changed. And, um, yeah, that was something that, if I'm being completely honest, it, it didn't really occur to me that, yeah, that's his last time. That is that is his goodbye. He doesn't know it, but that is his goodbye. And in real life, we all have those moments, right? Not to get too somber, but there are those moments you don't necessarily realize that's your final goodbye to a loved one. That's the last time you'll, you'll work at a building, yeah, saying goodbye to a building. You You, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, a lot of us thought that even in in lockdown, like you know that I know I experienced. I experienced my my last work normal working day, going to the coffee with the coffee machine with the lads and really? stuff. And we didn't know it was our last time. You know, I think the famous one is you you played out with your mates in the street for the last time ever, and you didn't know it was the last you time. Didn't realise right? that's the that's the that's the famous one. But yeah, really beautiful mate and and very apt for the story for a new hope going back to what you said right where it's a beginning and an ending yeah yeah no you're right and just when you when you were talking about that mate it kind of brought up the very real um idea that i mean uh, it's probably relatable for a lot of our listeners but you you see it everywhere i've seen it in like creators as in musicians or sports stars or film stars or whoever I kind of admire or, 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 or look at and think, yeah, I, I like you. Um, so many of them say I started off in a small town and I couldn't wait to get out of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very real emotion that people feel. You know, and, and most of the time, those small towns probably aren't actually that bad, but it's the idea of, you know, the, you know, the, the bigger picture is out there. You know, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. And in reality, I don't know the facts, so I'm not even going to pretend to know the percentage, but, 
a, a number of those people who had those dreams probably went back to those small towns because the grass wasn't greener on the other side. And some of the others in this instance, like Luke Skywalker flourished, you know, he went out there, he, he became something or became what he wanted to be. Um, and that's, that's also why I think this hits hard because, you know, it, I'm sure we've all had that feeling. I quite enjoy the town I grew up in, but um, you can't help but yeah. think, you know, I'd love to go and even as a kid, even if you don't mean it, like, oh, I'd love to go and live there or I'd love to be rich and famous or maybe not famous, but rich and go and live over that part of the world or something. It's a, it's a very real thing. And um, that's also why I think this scene works. It gives you an appreciation of where you've come from, especially looking back on the scene now. There, as a slightly older gentleman, um, you, know, you can appreciate where you've started, where you've been and where you are now and what's still to come. And, you know, there's a little bit of the binary sunset in all of us, which is what I think is is so beautiful about this. And, mate, can you imagine just being on set on that day, not knowing what you're creating and looking out at that beautiful sky and thinking, oh, yeah, uh, stage direction. Can you just go walk up to that dune and just stand there, you know, put one knee up and just look. Let me get a few angles. Just look up, look down a few times, huff, and then go back. 50 years later, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? What something... What you, what, you know what the, how the smallest things can create huge moments for for people not just in yeah. the universe but out of it as well yes yes oh. this has really made me want to go to tunisia i as our dear american listeners say uh tunisia but yeah tunisia yeah i'd i'd uh i'd really i know i know there are tours there is there is a um the name escapes me but there is Galaxy a dedicated star like wars yeah, and you can go out there, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that might be worth a cheeky. Mate, I was looking at it earlier on, mainly because I was like, I wonder if that the mound is still there, so you can kind of recreate mm-hmm. the scene yourself. That was literally the only reason I thought. I literally, like, same thing. You knew it. I if thought I, the same thing. The money, <laughs> when I have the money, I was like, I'll pay for Luke Bly to come out with me. The reason being is he's the best photographer this side of Coruscant, and he can get the picture of me, and then I'll get a really cat-handed one of him back. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's it. That's it, mate. mate. That is it, mate. And I mean, there's other things. I know we're going to be moving on to where else we see the the, the yep. twin sons and their importance, but um, and I, I think this one isn't isn't quite as solid as the others. But there's a lot of people that believe that the twins are representative of Luke and Leia, and that's especially you know. Um, emphasized in in one of the films we're about to talk about <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but a lot of people are like, oh well it's luke and leia and you've got the twins and stuff oh like, yeah i don't think that was at the fourth like the forefront well, they weren't twins in, were they? That, yeah no i don't yeah. think so i think that was just an idea and but hey like in english if you if you can back it right in literature and language you know if you can back it you know you can there's there's an argument to be made about it right um but yeah, let's move on to where else we see the binary sunset, right? Because the theme and the idea and actually seeing the binary sunset, especially in the Skywalker saga, which is important right here. We're talking about the Skywalker family, Luke Skywalker, bang in the middle of those, you, you know, those films. Um, why is it important when we see it, right? And immediately I thought of, and we'll try and do this in somewhat of a chronological order, but immediately I thought of Attack of the Clones actually and it is when anakin is on the old speeder in tatooine right and yes. he's he goes past you know all of the landscape of 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 tatooine the deserts and uh, yes. the, the, the rocks 
and we see the binary suns. We're reminded of it, of, of it, and it is the and it is the sunset. And what does he go on to do? He goes on to kill them like animals. I hate them. I, I not slaughter the them. Yeah, <laughs> like animals. Oh, I've loved it. Yeah, it's 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 obviously a reminder that Anakin is choosing the dark option, isn't he? You got those two options: light and the the, the, the light sun, the dark sun, and he's he's going and committing something that's actually quite awful, right? Yep. Is it for a just reason? Maybe to him to him maybe but what at the cost of what at the cost of what and that is actually a really underrated theme of attack of the clones right it's something i think a lot of people just like oh yeah dexter jetstar i know that's what i feel when i watch attack of the man i'm like oh mate i love this lightsabers oh but (laughs) you know there's more there's more to it than than that right and um yeah, I, I, it's it's actually a little bit heartbreaking, isn't it? Because what you see and what unfolds, you're like, yeah, this ain't right. This is not right. Just because something like that happened, it does not. It, surely, it doesn't warrant just wiping out the tribe, or does it? Yeah, or does it? Right, yeah. and that's kind of that's comprehension, that's thought, that's discussion. Yeah. Yep. And I don't think it does because obviously the film portrays it as well. He's going to the dark side, isn't it? Yeah, that's not what you do. That's not what a Jedi does. So, ain't the done thing. Yeah, love it, love it. Even the yeah. dogs, mate. Even the little Tuscan dogs. Whack, <laughs> chowed. Yeah, man. I love that scene just for the <laughs> the, the the beauty of uh, when we first saw the binary sunsets. It's is other than the fact that there are two suns, but it's all done on camera. It's all there, and of course, and they've added another son because i believe tatooine isn't real but um and then with attack of the clones because you've got all this new leaps in technology you, you're able to shoot anakin on his speeder from different angles a big swooping shot of him with those blood blood, blood red orange suns and you get that mm-hmm. silhouette where you know it's looking a bit vadery but we get like you said we get to see the 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 suns in a different excuse the pun here but a different light you know, that and that's what I like and you know, in the kind of wrapping up I'm sure we'll discuss, you know, what does it all mean, but you know, choice and change is very, very real definition for me. And he makes a choice in that moment. And it's and it's not um accidental that you get that shot of the twin sons. I'm sure George Lucas also thought, Yeah, they will look cool. But there's a reason for them there, which is why I think there's a reason for them always appearing. I don't mean just in the background of a shot somewhere else or an establishing shot, but when they're in focus and there, it it's, it means something. There are significant moments, and this is a huge moment for Anakin because it's his slide into the dark side now. It's he, he He's trying to... Uh, he'll justify it as he was getting retribution or revenge for the death, death of his mother. And then, obviously, where that goes, he then becomes somehow closer to Padme because of it. And then mm. the most important moment in the galaxy when they get married and it all goes from there. But the twin sons, they're right there, mate. But, yeah, I think the choice of colour as well, that they are blood red, is yes. very, very deliberate. Yes. Yes. Big time. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, right? And that takes us to episode three, Revenge of the Sith, right? So we're still in the prequels. Mm. But we actually end the film with some cheeky twin sons, don't we? You know, we've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, 
delivering a wee Luke Skywalker to Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen. And they look onto the sunset, right? It's a bit, It's a, if anything, it's a little bit on the nose, but it does make sense. I mean, they're not going to do it anywhere else, are they? They're not going to, George isn't going to go, yeah, let's do it in the kitchen. Let's do it in the <laughs> in the little court. No, no, no. Give them, give them their due, right? They're outside. Obi-Wan delivers them the bubba. And it is beautiful because once again, it's just reminding you of the potential, the unknown, the blank canvas, what's going to happen to this child. And I think there's more emphasis on Obi-Wan looking at Luke, looking at Owen and Baru and thinking, oh man, I hope this works. I hope this works. Like what, what is going to happen here? I don't yeah. know. And that's explored a little bit more in the Kenobi series, isn't it? But that is another time when we see the binary sunset. It's, it is kind of like a, uh, a, rec- a recreation of what we see in A New Hope. Um, I like it, though, mate. Baru, Baru and Owen, come on. Come I can't on. believe we got the same guys in for Obi-Wan I, Kenobi. And that is so good, isn't it? Bonnie P.S. coming back. And actually, they gave Baru some lines as well eventually yeah. in that final episode. But yeah. that was quality. And it's great that, you know, Joel Edgerton's a very good actor anyway. It's, it's lucky that they decided to pick him for this small part of Owen because when they bring him back, it's like, oh, wow, Joel Edgerton. Um, again, mate, mm. a moment which has great significance. The, sun, the binary sons uh, are present for a huge moment. It's, again, it's the change, uh, the change for the galaxy as Lucas handed to the Lars, the change for the Lars as well, because like you say, they probably had hopes and dreams and things that they wanted to do, but they've now got this little lad, his little, his nappies to change every day. Things are going to change, and then, like you said, for Kenobi, you know, his the, the entire galaxy has changed. His philosophy and outlook on life has changed, and in that moment, it is very on the nose, and it really is. It's it's knowingly so, I think. But then, this was the last of the lot. Episode three was supposed to be the last Star Wars film. I don't care what George says; it was meant to be one, two, three, four, five, six. They ended on, you know, the most iconic shot they could of Uncle Owen. Aunt Baru look with, with the new hope looking out and I think it's on the nose as it is I love it is it yeah. you know is anything we're going to be as powerful as that original maybe maybe not but you know the, I'm, I'm glad that George decided to do it and didn't just go to like Watto's junkyard to do it <laughs> ah, this is where your dad grew up uh, so I think yeah. it was thematically necessary well, Revenge of the Sith and the prequels are more or less a tragedy, aren't they, right? It's the yes. downfall of, of, of Vader and what happens when you do choose the wrong path, right? Yeah. And Luke is the opposite to that. He chooses the right path, right? Not perfect. None uh, of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. But we, we, we clearly kind of see just the character developments of, of both of those, them side by side. And yeah, it's a tragedy. But I think they wanted to end the prequels and end Revenge of the Sith with a little bit of positivity because especially at the time, mate, 2005, like that, you know, Revenge of the Sith, sick film, but it is a miserable old film. Like by the a end, you're film. like, my word, this is, this is heavy. This is tough. This is really tough. Really important, though. It's really important because it's reality and it's sobering. Not everything happens as planned. You know, if you if you make bad choices, if you make mistakes, bad things can happen. Yeah, that's the warning for all of us, and it's very appropriate. Not everything is a, a, a fairy tale. If you choose the wrong things, yeah, bad things can and do happen. It's a reminder, but there is always hope. 
There is always hope. And that is kind of the whole theme of Star Wars, isn't it? In fact, I'd go as far as to say, just going back to Binary Sunset, just with Luke, that those few seconds are Star Wars in the scene. Yeah? When you think about it. So the goosebumps again, mate. It's yeah. it's mental how something so simple can do that to you, mate. And yeah, how, how they do it in Revenge of the Sith. I'm, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. It does end it with a glimmer of hope because we all know what happens next. If the prequels are the tragedy, then the original is the resurgence, and that's the ends of the feel good film of the year every year. The victory in <laughs> Return of the Jedi, and then obviously what comes after is fine. But um, we do get another. We do get um, the twin sons in animation though mate in in a fairly uh big way it's subtle and understated but in star wars rebels in the twins the wonderful twin sons episode oh. as obi-wan watches over little luke little luke's running home baru's called him home and this is luke skywalker when he's i don't know what 14 years old maybe i think i'm trying to work it out in the timeline or fifth 16 i don't know but he's running home and obi-wan's scratching his beard he still doesn't know what the future holds and He's just slain Darth Maul and Darth Maul's looked into his eyes and said, you know, he, he knew he was protecting someone and his last words were pretty much where is he the chosen one? And Ben mm. Kenobi at that moment says, I think he is to him. He's the chosen. one." I remember people were getting up in arms about that. It's like, guys, just don't tell you a thing. So literally to mm. Obi-Wan, Luke is the chosen one. He is the one who can bring balance to the force. And in that moment, he goes to look over Luke. We get the music playing. We get the twin sons. We get the homestead. It's you know it's it's a small moment, but after everything in that episode, again, like you said, it's it's a nice hopeful way because you know it's a wicked wicked duel between Obi Wan and Maul, very quick, but it's still quite heavy. You know, he's cradling his once nemesis in his arms, closes his eyes, sticks him on a funeral pyre, and then we end with the again the just a nod to the fans that mm. there's our boy there, there he is. He, he's we, he's going to come good soon and. It was a nice way to end that episode, I think, as well, on Tatooine. Great shout, mate. Great shout. And it's not the Twin Suns moment at all, but I'm going to do a little shout-out to, you've mentioned it already, the feel-good film of the year every year, Return of the Jedi. You've kind of got a mirror scene with Vader's funeral, haven't you, where Luke is looking at Vader, and it's the same theme that plays, but it's just like the French horn. It's not the whole orchestral version, right? And it is kind of like a full circle moment. However, but it's not Twin Suns, it's kind of a nod to the Twin Suns, to the binary sunset. However, we revisit this whole idea again. And actually, I'd I'd argue, maybe even more appropriately, for Luke Skywalker as a character in Star Wars Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, everyone's favourite Star Wars film, right? Yeah, everyone loves it, right? Yeah, of course they do. Um <laughs> Well, I have no issues with that film whatsoever. Look, it's not perfect. I, I do like The Last Jedi, but it's not, it's not it. perfect, right? Um, but Luke, Luke's journey on, on I was about to say on Earth, but in, <laughs> in, in a physical sense, comes to an end, doesn't it? It comes to an end, right? He, he fulfills his purpose. And we see Luke on uh, Acto meditating he he falls down he's exhausted from it and and we we do get the foreshadowing of the exhaustion in uh the last jedi throughout the last jedi that something like that would 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 kill would kill you right luke does it and he saves the resistance he saves ray saves finn saves poe saves leia his sister and he passes away but before he does 
he looks up in uh, to to the sky and he sees the twin suns right and the music comes through again purpose complete he's lived a full life he has helped people and it's a reminder to that moment of luke oh will i help anyone will i will i be anything will i have an adventure full circle yes i did i did help people i saved people i loved people i saved my father i i saved my sister maybe i even saved my nephew maybe i didn't fight him he didn't kill me there is still room for a redemption. There is still room for him to be do good, to become good, which obviously is followed up in The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, it's beautiful, mate. Absolutely beautiful moment. And by the way, I did... Oh, I've not saved it down. Let me try and hunt it down. Maybe cool, mate. I'll find it in a moment. But um, a lot of people, I think, miss this scene yeah, and miss a point of this scene that there are no twin sons on Acto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is one son on Acto. At no point in The Last Jedi or in um, The Force Awakens do we see two sons. We nope. just see it in this sunset for Luke. And I th- I'm pretty sure it is symbolic. And I saw a quote from Ryan saying, yeah, it, it was conscious decision that we, we have not depicted a twin sons moment at any point in the film. It is mm-hmm. only when Luke passes away and i don't i don't think there's actually two sons there i think he's seeing twin sons i think it's it's metaphorical isn't it right yeah i think so mate because at no point on any because they do a lot of wide shots establishing shots of the island and you never see any sun really but you certainly don't see two sons so yeah um if it wasn't if there are two sons, they've done a very good job of hiding it. But I think you're right. I think it is more of a symbolic thing. Um, and, you know, that ending, and uh, listen, I'll always have the discussion with anyone, always, as long as you've got half a brain. But, you know, from that, the, from when Luke takes on Kylo up until, you know, the moment there, Luke becomes one with the Force, is astoundingly good cinema, astoundingly good story- storytelling. And how you cannot look at that and go hand in hand with Return of the Jedi, man, and mm-hmm. be like, well, he throws his lightsaber away. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. I don't need a weapon to fight you, Giza. I fight, I, you know, love is my thing. And then on Crate, he won't fight, he won't fight Ben, but in order to save the Resistance, save the galaxy, save Leia, you know, he needs to give everything in that moment and to come full circle and for him to for him to look out on the horizon for that destiny and that that belonging in a new hope and then to you know symbolically look up and see those twin sons again is fant- a incredibly gorgeous decision to do that i really think it's an, a wonderful decision and again it's shot really nicely this time uh, we're a bit further back and the way we see luke perched on that um stone the meditation stone looking up at both the suns with the wind mm-hmm. blowing and it's mm-hmm. that almost golden hue and the music again. And in Luke's final moments, he's, he's looking up, he knows this is the end, but there's no sadness as as Leia says later on, there's no sadness said it's just peace and purpose. He knows what he's done. He knows he's bought the galaxy time. He's become that spark of hope again. He's become from, from a new hope to the spark of hope. And he's, kind of lets himself smile in those last moments and the world fades away with that smile. Uh, I think it's an astoundingly good bit of cinema. And I will ha- always have to discuss for people who say, oh, it's rubbish and that's not Luke's story. 
go and watch the films again. It really is. That is pure mm. Luke Skywalker, pure Jedi. And in that moment, and I know people have their issues of Ryan and the way he directed it. That you know, that's fine. It's subjective. I think he did a fine job, damn fine job. But I think in that moment, man, yeah. for me, it's what other way was Luke going to go out? I remember distinctly saying, mate, on this show or a show or with you. I know I remember somebody would have listened to the old shows, but before the last Jedi came out, I think I said it to you in the Costa, maybe. I was like, I hope they don't have Luke Skywalker go out like a punk. You know, I hope he doesn't just get like blindsided by Snoke stabbing him with a lightsaber out of nowhere. I hope it means something if he is going to die. And I think they gave it that. And having the binary sunset, the twin suns being there, mate, whether it's in his mind or not, was the best narrative decision. For me, anyway, I think it's a beautiful decision. And it brings his story full circle. Full circle. Visually, full circle. metaphorically, personally, full circle. Yeah, yep. it is. It is absolutely oh. stunning. It, there's no doubt. There is no <laughs> doubt. On. It's one of I'm my favourite moments. You are you? You're going to stick I it am. on. You're going to stick. I actually, I'm going to watch the last Jedi. I am. I missed oh. that film. I'm jealous. I might join you. I was actually earlier when we were talking about Attack of the Clones. I was like, oh, I might put on Attack of the Clones. I always do this every week. We do funny. I'm like, we played Battlefront well, we, Two for about no. half an hour the other day, and oh. I, was, I, I, I don't know why. I was like, that's what I did. Star Wars. I played Battlefront Two, and I was playing on like Ajan Kloss, and I think I chose Finn or something to play with. I was like, <sighs> man, I need to get back. I want to go back and see these characters again. I can't wait for the new films to see them all again. But I got a pang in, mate. I got a pang in for those sequel films. I know that there is just something so warm and cuddly and fuzzy about it, isn't mm. it? You know, like so, so nice. Yeah, so nice. So we've 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 chatted about loads of things: Sack of the Clones, Rebels, Last Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. We close out our saga with a twin sons moment, except it's Ray on Tatooine at the end of Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Now. This one is this one is I think the most difficult to break down because JJ Abrams is a very emotional storyteller isn't he he and and I think you know we've got quotes of him saying you know you you feel don't think feel go with your feelings try and do something that feels right that feels like it fits and I think this is a great example of JJ's style of storytelling when it comes to feeling. I think he felt like, hey, this is an appropriate way to end the Skywalker saga. And I can totally, totally get it. Mm -hmm. But we had that moment in The Last Jedi, right, with Luke Skywalker. Yep. Now, yeah, this this moment I do understand closing out the saga with arguably where the whole saga, the the adventure begins, right? And almost returning these relics, these lightsabers to Tatooine, a Skywalker home planet, which it is, is the home planet of of the Skywalkers love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um and <laughs> it's at the Skywalker homestead. So why not bury it there and <laughs> <laughs> leave it for another day let other people discover the same it's almost like it's a it's a, like a memorial tomb isn't it it becomes like a memorial tomb and i do i do understand that i do understand that for luke and for leia and in in turn anakin right shmi everyone that is now you know the mem the memorial of the skywalkers so I do kind of understand it from that perspective. But what did you think, like, in 20, 2019, which is this year, going to be five years ago? I can't believe that, mate. <sighs> wow. 
yeah, how are you feeling about about um, that? I'm trying to take myself back to when I first saw the film because like we always say you get a wave of emotions watching a film for the first time and certainly trust knowing it was the end. Um, and I remember when I first came out, wasn't the, I, I wasn't I was kind of disappointed by the film. So at the end, mm. I remember thinking it was a nice visual. Well, I still think it's a nice visual to end on. And I can't think of anything else they could have done. The original ending shot was just Ray when she said Ray Skywalker, you know, on her face transition to the credits. This was a, a shot added in late because I think I, I watched somebody analyze it and you can tell that they've got a, an image of Ray from another scene. They flipped her and put her on against the background of that. So she's not actually, Daisy Ridley's not there doing that shot. Um, oh. So they've added it in later as, as is with the rise of Skywalker. It's a kind of a bit hodgepodge in terms of production, but I can't think of another way they could end it if they really want to be symbolic because um, episode three did it. But then like you said, episode eight has already done that. And arguably, well, not arguably, definitely did it better. I've got no issue with Ray going to Tatooine and burying the sabers. I think it's very nice, uh, even though Leia never went there, I don't think. But, you know, the they, they they could have ended. The last shot could have been, you know, Luke and Leia watching over. That could have been the last shot of them smiling and they found each other in the force. Um, and they themselves would be, like you said earlier on, very on the nose, but they would be the t- almost like the binary sunset themselves. But they went with the literal sunset. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a good, it's fine. I don't have any issues with it. It, it. You know, it's no worse off than sticking it in Revenge of the Sith in terms of this is actually the closing shot now. Let's make it count. And mm-hmm. I think JJ's, like you say, he's feeling rather than thinking. I think he's th- thinking, feeling that. The fans, for one last shot, would like to see the binary sunset. You know, w- would we love to see the English Rose's face on a close-up? Absolutely. But what's more emotive? Probably those twin sons. So I get the reasoning behind it, and it's totally fine. I don't think it's bad. I think it's a terrible choice. I just don't think it has that impact that the other ones have, mate. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. You agree either. There? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. But I, again, in my research uh, for this episode, there are a lot of people that think it's, you know, an absolute load of tripe. But then really? it's a great, <laughs> would you believe it? <laughs> but there's a load of people as well that, that absolutely adore it and go, well, it's closing out the whole of the Skywalker saga. It is a sunset. You've kind of got the, 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 the twin sons again, but what does that mean in context of knowing that Luke and Leia have passed away? The twin, the, the twins sabers are buried just a few meters away. And that also Ben Solo lives on in Ray, right? Oh. There's the Raylo thing. And that's always something that admittedly I'm a little bit blindsided to because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I do subscribe to, to a little bit of Raylo, you know, you do love it. nowadays since that Matilda episode, the Raylo episode that we yeah, did a few years back. I have, yeah, it was a good episode, and I was like, oh no, no, I'm I'm more up on it now than I was. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, actually, yeah, it does. The whole scene does make a lot more sense. Like it dyad. does make a lot more sense. The dyad and okay. kind of closing out, but there's still there's still hope for. Ben Solo essentially living on in Ray in some form. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll look back at this when a Ray film comes out and go, oh yeah, no, that that's really good. That's really good, yeah, right? Hopefully. The, yeah, because the, the Skywalker saga improves the binary sunset scene in A New Hope, right? 
knowing what happens in Empire, Return of the Jedi, it's a phenomenal scene. Just if A New Hope, Star Wars 1977 came out on its own. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it stands, you know, to, to this day, it stands up with the best scenes in cinema ever. But with the saga accompanying it, it's that's what makes it even more magic, right? So same could exactly. be applied here, I suppose, right? I guess. Yeah. It's just, I, I just don't think it has that punch in the face. I think it's because it's so quick as well. Um, and it feels it a bit like an afterthought, doesn't it? It's just sort of yeah. there. You've got the old lady saying, who are you? It's like, Mind your own business, for one. Then you've got, mm. yeah, obviously, the whole Ray Skywalker thing, which is a huge, again, as the years have passed, that's a huge deal because if she's now if she's taken on the moniker of Ray Skywalker, then you know what does that mean going forward for the story? It's huge, but then the way it kind of ends with the suns almost like passing over and and distractingly, it looks like BB-8 as well. The suns look like BB-8 to where people also thought it was that a nod to BB-8, um, which it isn't. But I just think it's it's just over quite quickly and it's just kind of comes on, goes off again. The build up wasn't there or was earned as much as the other ones. Whereas, you know, where with Luke in a new hope, you feel like you're on the edge of something amazing mm-hmm. on the edge of something big. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. really get that at the end of the rise of Skywalker, but I don't know any other way they could have done it to bring that closure, mate. No, no, I agree, mate. I agree. But listen, l- looking back at all of them, they're all great in some form. They all mean different things to different people, but the original the binary sunset that George Lucas, uh, John Williams, and all the people that worked on Star Wars, especially in Tunisia, they created something that is pure magic. And I don't think they quite realized how powerful it was going to be because it is absolutely sensational. And I'm so glad it exists it's a lesson for all of us. It's a future for all of us. You know, we can all put ourselves in that position and we can all look at the twin sons. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter who you are. And we can relate to it. That sense of adventure, that sense of challenge, that sense of what is going to come, what am I going to do? What am I going to choose? What is the future of Luke Skywalker and that's something that you can feel and get a sense of every time you watch Star Wars A New Hope Hi this is Daniel Roebuck Hey what's up it's Taylor Gray This is Misty Roses This is Mike Evans This is Jeremy Kuhn I'm the director of A Disturbance in the Forest producer of Napoleon Dynamite and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast My man, if I'm standing on that, the the cusp of destiny, I'm probably thinking I'll have a drink before I make any decisions. And thankfully, we've pulled the Essex Falcon episode of our dust, favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. And the only question that now remains is, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Can I offer you a libation? To celebrate the closing of our shared narrative. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Absolutely! Give me the spiciest drink you've got. Pour me another Park Kellen sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? 
Yes, here we are. Each week in the Bantina, we hear from you lot, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers and we hear your thoughts on what we've been discussing. And this week, we ask for your thoughts and memories of the iconic binary sunset scene. Yes, mate. Um, loads of comments across the interwebs. We'll start off with old Instagram. Zabrat Captain says, when I hear it, I feel at home. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Uh, Rancor Star Wars says, it's the scene in Star Wars that sets the tone and the music is sublime. Tim Griesbach, one of our favorite Germans, says, always goosebumps often tears rolling down my face probably depending on how loud the LSO London Symphony Orchestra and John Williams blast through the speakers absolutely outstanding there there is so much positivity so much emotional uh, responses so many emotional responses from people in uh, in the comments on all of the socials we also got a ton of comments on threads i'm telling yes. you guys our threads is popping yeah if you've got threads chuck us a follow will you get on it yeah someone uh, called cj nightwing said symmetry and visual poetry and he refers to a new hope he, he puts a gif uh, or, a, or a video actually of the a new hope binary sunset followed and uh, by the last jedi binary sunset and they kind of they're weaved together and it's absolutely sensational and um i like this one mark watton makeup says feels like i need to watch star wars <laughs> so yeah, just us talking it. about it people go yeah i need to watch that again uh, and just even looking at the imagery looking at the photos that we put up i think people just absolutely adore it but we got tons more comments uh what are people saying on twitter and facebook mate do people love this scene oh mate how did it make all these guys feel well uh loki Justin says melancholy somber you immediately get the point of the shot and the swelling music he's reflecting you're reflecting maybe my favorite shot in a new hope uh my buddies over at the uh, scuttlebutt mm. podcast uh the scarif podcast may i say unmatched in scope and generational and cultural relevance hashtag twin sons red mm. five mum at that moment i fell in love with luke skywalker i was 16 in 1977 and we had a lot of people just saying hope 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 perlanta the first image that comes to mind when i think of star wars and over on the old book face facebook the wonderfully named john beer says uh it's one of my favourite scenes in the saga. Binary Sunset is one of my favourite tracks out of all of the Star Wars OSTs as well. That French horn solo is just spine-tingling stuff. Oh, mate. Uh, Daryl mm-hmm. Robinson said he feels like he needs to go on a big adventure now. Lee Drain, <laughs> he said it's his favourite scene, but it makes him feel sad, mate, and sentimental because it reminds him of how long ago he first saw it. And finally, Sean Skullthorpe, to me, it's got to be the most iconic scene in a Star Wars film mate it's just love all round but this scene is it over on threads or ig was there anyone saying nah it's a bit naff nope <laughs> no. so. there was there was someone who put a very funny comment on instagram but it's not it's not appropriate <laughs> for the sessions <laughs> yeah it's not our style um, was it my brother was it, it uh, no well maybe maybe it's his burner account mate maybe it's burner account 
um you know i mean there was one or two people saying oh yeah you know before yeah you know, before disney took over and ruined everything you know just like form a sentence together you know like do something <laughs> yeah, in, yeah listen in, have that enjoy. opinion that's that's yeah. fine you know don't this is clearly a post where people are celebrating it right so um yeah it's been been really really nice mate really nice comments and actually going through i encourage you if you're loving this episode go on to our socials threads instagram twitter and um yeah look at what people are saying because it's it's really really nice really wholesome so thank you to everyone involved i'm loving this episode mate and i'm on it so I hope yeah. everybody else is as well. And <laughs> it's always a joy to go back to where it all began. We do talk about the prequels mm-hmm. a lot. We do talk about the sequels a lot because it's of oh, the relevant, the recency. But it's always mm-hmm. good to go back to where the magic began with the OT sometimes. And hey, look, we, we've always said we try to cover as much as we can across all of Star Wars. But yeah, a magic scene like this, it's been a long time coming. And thank you to everyone who sent in your comments for it this week. But if you didn't hear your comment featured, please do continue to send in your thoughts. And maybe, just maybe you'll be featured on an upcoming stint in the Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. That's right. Spice is part of the Bantina. Um, Adam Isherwood, Isherwood, is our first question. How would you pronounce that, by the way? I know it's Isherwood. Isherwood. Okay, Adam, let us know, mate. Um, he goes, hey, uh, Sessions Dyad. Oh, we're a dyad, mate, boy. That's Ooh, a bit tricky, isn't it? With the various new media, Star Wars media, making connections with the High Republic and other Star Wars eras, i.e. Jedi Survivor, do we think we're going to see Nile remnants popping up? Like I could see the Cloud Riders from Solo easily becoming descendants of the Nile Tempest. What do you think? And how could we see the Nile return as a threat post the rise of Skywalker? Thanks to the awesome podcast, Adam Ish. I think that confirms it, doesn't it? Adam Ish. Must be. I think so. Yeah. Um, what are you saying, mate? High Republic. Goodness. Yeah. <sighs> Well, they are making a lot of connections, which is fine. My only issue, as I've said before, is that with any new era, it'll be the same with the Old Republic, and it'll be the same with whatever the next Republic is. Mm -hmm. You get a deluge of stories, whether it's books, video games, comics, or TV shows, where you're having to almost like just chuck in references and mention High Republic, or whatever it will be, Old Republic. And sometimes it can feel a little bit like, didn't need to do that, or that felt a little bit on the nose or contrived to do that. But I've mentioned that before, no issue with... Um, connecting the area I think they have to do it but I do think at times you just need to be wary of where you put it and if for example the the cloud riders from Solo Enfys Ness and all that were descendants of a Nihil gang a Nihil Tempest I think that would be a bit too on the nose for me uh, I think in terms of the Nihil for those who don't know very quickly the Nihil are the antagonist organisation or faction of the High Republic remember there's no Sith is there so they are a group of mar- a gang of marauders led by a geezer called Marcion Rowe. Nice guy. Um, really cool villain, actually. And basically, they, they just cause trouble for the for the Jedi. And, it, you know, there's more to it than that. They do more than just go, like, um, nick stuff from old grannies. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, bad are people. Are you sure? Do they? Well, 
you know, they might do. I don't want to say they don't. I don't want to stand up for the Nile, but they're, listen, they're, they're not good people. They're, they're, they're a bad organisation. So do I want them to uh, be remnants popping up? No, not really. I'd like mm. to see, if anything, you know, not, not to bring it to real world, but we do get lots of factions which have um, kind of neo versions of them or more modern versions of. Maybe you could have like the Neo Nile or something, which is just a group of fanatics, but only a very small one who don't really cause that much trouble, but believe in what Marshy and Roe and the man then were doing. But I don't want to see a resurgence. I want to believe that by the end of the High Republic, leading into the Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. the Nile are dead and gone. Like the, the idea of them is gone, it's buried. Um, but I don't, I don't mind like that technology of theirs coming up years later. I don't want to see a post-Tross Nile remnant. I don't mind people... If, 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 if in the new film somebody says... Um, we could do things like the Nile did and you know, blow everything to hell and back. That's fine, whatever. Little, But I don't need such a on-the-nose reference. That's where the Acolyte comes in. That's where the horror public-centric TV shows and video games and cartoons come in. Show them in there, because that, that's that's their era. That is, their, that mm-hmm. is when they're at their height. So um, I don't think we'll see them return as a threat. I hope we don't, but I don't mind the idea of like small pockets of sympathisers or, or kind of like, you call them remnants popping up, but not an actual not the Nile but looky boy I'm sitting there talking about Nile and Marchion Row and all this stuff what the heck are you thinking man do you have any idea what I'm on about and also <laughs> the Nile themselves would they come back the baddies oh Nile um <laughs> I'm in denial mate <laughs> about you're gonna get this. wet in there oh. oh do you like that do you like it listen um I read, I read about fifty percent of Light, Light of the Jedi. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I know yeah, what Nala are about. Uh, no, listen. I think if the Nile are High Republic uh, exclusive at the moment, right? No, no problem with having a little bit of uh, legacy or maybe even longevity to them and their cause, but they don't really strike me as an organization like that that is the sith that is the jedi right organizations like the nile a bit like governments and kingdom well to a lesser extent kingdoms but yeah even kingdoms come and go don't they whereas something that revolves around faith and spirituality are more permanent aren't they so i don't know i don't know i i in in in, in short no i think specifically with the nile no but I loved and I jumped out of my seat while I was playing Jedi Survivor and there were High Republic references going on for what it's worth, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not even a big High Republic guy. I've, like I said, I've, I started like the Jedi. Didn't I, I, I stopped reading it because I got really busy with, with life and then I didn't have the, I didn't feel the need or the burning desire to go back and jump back into Fair the enough. book. That's what right. Alex Damon's for. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, mate. Boy. It's what Alex Damon's for. I'm, I've read a few of the, com- the High Republic uh, comics. I've, I've enjoyed them. I watched a few of the summaries that you said Big Damon doing his thing. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hearing like the Nile mentioned, like when when they showed in Jedi Survivor the the attack on Tanalor and all that, and you see the Nile ships, and they specifically mention the Nile. That's what I'm talking about. You know, that's them in there. Yes. They're agents of chaos in that era, and it felt appropriate for them to be there. I don't really. I don't necessarily need to keep hearing about them two hundred years later or three hundred years later. I mean, all the time, you know. Also, how many? If the Jedi were a myth thirty years after being obliterated, I know the Empire repressed all knowledge, but you know who's going to remember the Nile hundreds of years later? But some might do. 
But you know, it, it, if it if it suits the story, mate, if it suits the narrative, absolutely bring in Nile references or High Republic. But mm-hmm. as long as it doesn't feel too contrived, and I will say exactly the same thing about the Old Republic or. I don't know the the mid republic, whatever else they're going to do. It's nothing mid to do with the republic. republic. <laughs> I'm just trying to think what the old, mid, high. I don't know. Um, yeah, sort of <laughs> mid level. But it's nothing. I like the high republic. Like era. I dig it. There's nothing to do with that. But it's. I'd be the same with any new area you bring in. Just make it feel organic and. Yeah. You no, know, I dig it, but I don't think we'll see too much more post tross. So. Nah, nah, I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. Cheers, Adam, though. I appreciate that, because I do think we're going to be seeing more High Republic spiel in, in Star Wars media. I think this is an era that's being taken quite seriously. So, And, um, yeah, Acolyte, what, you know, who knows what could happen? Yeah, Possibilities are endless, mate. Possibilities are endless. Um, cheers, Adam. Dude, what else are people asking, mate? Well, lad, from Adamish, this one's easy. Ryan, this guy, just Ryan, and that's what he calls himself. Just Ryan says, Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, mate. Where's the best place in the galaxy to enjoy some New Year's celebration? And what characters from Star Wars are you going with? So, Lukey boy, <laughs> where in the galaxy are you going to celebrate the New Year? And what's in-universe characters you're hanging out with? Um, there is this really sweet planet called Alderaan, and they were celebrating Ooh. their New Year, because I assume New Year's would be different on different planets and stuff, right? I guess, so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they celebrated with a big green laser shooting across the sky <laughs> and smashing them. Smashing them. Yeah. <laughs> smashing them in the core. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It showed them good, didn't it? Well, I just immediately think of, like, Coruscant at the end of Return of the Jedi and stuff. Ooh. You know, the special editions, right? And that's kind of like party party for, you know, in this case, it's the fall of the empire but yeah yeah i don't know yeah older on why not <laughs> stick with if, older if on. you're celebrating yeah like let go go in but I, <laughs> and who are you like, going with like, who am i going well it'd be yeah. um bail bail or and princess Leia's annoying cousin <laughs> <laughs> oh that one yeah you, oh, you, mate. you thank your droid yeah yeah and the guy from uh, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers, oh, he's, he's there as well. Oh, mate, don't get don't get me started on these random. Do you reckon, I, well, I hope we don't get that in the acolyte. Like you know, we'll just get Ozzy Osbourne in the background. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian May. Oh, look! Don't don't put it out into the universe, mate. No scoops this week. No scoops this week, Matt. Was, it was which, only an idea. Which the internet which the internet really ran with in our, in our last episode. It was just an idea, that's all, and it's coming up everywhere. But, you know, nice. Thanks for getting the show out there, guys. But, you know, yeah. it's just, I can't sit there and say that, you know, we haven't, been, we haven't had a phone call from Lucasfilm telling us to shut up. So it's just an idea, guys. Um, yeah. Good one, though, mate. Good one. I think I imagine most people think I'm going to say Canto Bite. Uh, and you'd be wrong because the best place to enjoy a New Year's celebration for me, mate, Sorgan. Sorgan. You know, and the oh. Mandalorian. That I don't want to be around people on New Year's Eve, mate. I can't be dealing with that. I just want to go in there. I can, when Mando goes to settle down um, with his with his widower. Um, yeah. You know, give, give me that planet, mate. Give me some choice. blue fish. And, and that, you know, the kids can. No one, don't need them around. I've got my own. Um, yeah. I'm not up for the party anymore. I'm quite happy to sit down, have a nice, chill one, mate. And I'm going to be going with uh, 
mate, I'm going with I'm going with Ray, Padme, Jinna, So Garthwick. No, um Rose oh. Tico. No, um who would I go with? Right. Who, is, who could who could we have a fucking a, a banging evening with? Um I'm gonna say Oh, this is a tough one actually. Luke Skywalker yeah. He's a bit boring, isn't he? <laughs> um, Poe, Dameron, and Finn. I reckon they'd be Bale right Organa, mate. Bale uh, Organa. I know, oh, actually, no, it's a bit up your alley. You'd be, you'd be talking about wine all night. I can imagine that. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd go with Finn and Poe, because I reckon they're up for a laugh. So I don't want to go for yeah. the party atmosphere, but I want to have a good time with my bros or my girls, whoever. But um, Poe and Finn is all I'm going to go with, mate. On yep. sort of. Lando, Lando doing a bit of karaoke, you know, like in the <laughs> yeah. Star Wars Lego holiday special, which is really good, actually. It is fun, um, isn't it? It is fun. It is really, really good fun. Yeah, no, good answer, mate. Sorgan. Yeah, I'm uh, like you. I'm, I'm not New Year's dude, you know, going and partying. Do you see the videos of Central London on New Year's? Nah, I posted on. one, mate. Yeah, the drone, uh, this drone image or whatever it was of the fireworks. Come on, son. That is yeah. it. I, lo- I love that side of it. I just can't be bothered to be in and amongst it all. I'm just quite happy. Yeah, right, right, watch right. Yeah. It's Im- it, no doubt it's impressive. No doubt it's impressive. Absolutely. But yeah, it's not, not, not my scene. Um, yeah, great, great uh, little Patreon section for the sickheads this week. Just Ryan and Adam. So Adam-ish. I wonder what we'll get next. Adam-ish. wonder what we'll get Ooh. next week, mate, or if we got any more Ooh. scoops of ice cream next well, week. Well, maybe next week we'll have a few things we can have a little snicker at. Um, oh. We can have a little snickers together. Um, but that is going to be it then for our time here in the band scene, a bartender. We ain't sorry about the mess, but we are going to be back again, same time again next week to cause trouble in our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! Yes, here we go, my man. Each week, we end the sessions with a Star Wars-themed game. We alternate hosting responsibilities, and this week, it is my turn. Luke Bly, do you want to know what you're doing this week? Yeah, mate, I do. What are we doing? What are we up to? What are you putting well, me through? It's it's not as much as a game this week. Oh. Well, it is, but it's nothing to worry about. We're talking about one of the oh. most iconic moments in cinema ever. We're celebrating Star Wars. So this is less of a game and more of a celebration of the best Star Wars moments of all time. Okay. Basically, what's happening is, you know, things have gone to plot apart a little bit. There's a Death Star looming above the planet. And you've got a few minutes to give me five Star Wars moments, five of the your favourite Star Wars moments to put in a time capsule to give to the next generation of people. So I want to know what five moments across anything, it could be animation or whatever, five moments you'd put in a time capsule and preserve mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. And it can't be binary sunset. Uh, okay. First one would be um, the, what's it called on Tatooine? The... Uh, like the horse camel thing. Oh, um, when that def- yes, when that defecates and uh, <laughs> and Jar Jar's like, poo wee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep, stinkle whiff. Obviously, 
obviously. Classic army. Uh, another one would be all of the Pondababa scenes in Star Wars, Rogue One and A New Hope. I, I dig that, yep. Live action, that is. Okay. Obviously. Okay. So obviously. we've got EOP, Turd, and Pondababa. I would do... Yep. Next one would be a cheeky shout-out to Magic Hand Dance. You should, <clears> you know... <throat> I'll just include that clip. That counts. Yep. And yeah, and just a montage of gonk. 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 Just all all gonks, all gonks in Star Wars. Just a fat off montage of them. People are like, wow, these guys must you were talking about like wine and high culture, you know, earlier. Like, wow, these you know, these people were into the finer things in life, you know? <laughs> they are. It would be it would be Return of the Jedi, the ending of Return of the Jedi. You know, looking and seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan. Absolutely sensational. But context is king, isn't it? Context That's is it. king. So how are you gonna get the punters in? Maybe from a lightsaber fight. Obi-Wan and Anakin on Revenge of the Sith as well. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be done. Um Ray, maybe c- crying. Yeah, just Ray. For Matt, it would just, for Matt, like Ray earlier, it would just be like, oh, Ray, um, Rose Tico. Uh, you know. <laughs> He's just naming, naming all of his salts he likes. <laughs> salts. <laughs> salts. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult, though. Maybe, um, you know, when uh, Boba and Obi-Wan are chatting in Camino as well, you know? Yep, yep. (laughs) That's it, Danny Logan. He loves the yep. You must be proud. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever he says. You know know I'm bad with quotes. So I think (laughs) at this point, I'm just like, you've got to weird them out. You know, because they're not going to get it, are they? They're not going to understand. Like, even if I I include all of the really good scenes, they're going to be like, I don't get it. I don't get the context. Like, what's the importance of this? Why about, is that guy with the... Yeah, go on. What about Hux and Poe Dameron at the beginning of The Last Jedi? Got an important yeah, message for your mother. That's yeah. really important, actually. I'm so glad Ryan did that. No context needed for that. Timeless. No. To be fair, mm. it is actually probably no context. It's just a stupid joke. Any context for that. Mm. Yeah, I love that moment. It is my favourite. <laughs> you know i've done a shout to my ponder baba boy you know like, I'm, I'm gonna stick with that i think that's a nice little mix mate nice I, I, I can't remember really any of them but i'm glad that you managed to get all those off your chest which is the, the first Thanks. one i remember is the eop poop and then it goes from the there but i'm here for that mate yeah defecation it feels personal yeah. it feels personal thanks and i like yeah, it yeah well yeah well it is personal mate so yeah you know, maybe maybe just throwing the guy with the cap and this sweet moustache in uh, in Book of Boba Fett, the admin guy at the, uh, oh. at the council, yes, the local the local town hall. Do you know what I mean? That's it. There throw the admin throw guy. him in. Yeah, the why not? I know I know we follow him on Instagram, so why not? Yeah. Why not? If you're listening, yeah, do it, mate. You're in there as well. Nice right, celebration mate, well, this- of the saga. It is. It covers everything from the iconic to the even more iconic, like EOPs and Tornwees here and all this other kind of Gonk. good stuff. Ponder Baba. Mate, that's what it's all about. But, mate, that is Star Wars. Like, Ponder Baba, is. little Boba Fett is going, yep. Weird stuff like that is that's what it's all about. Honk if you, honk if you love gonk. Honk. 
Yeah. Thank you. That's my honk. Thank you. Here we are, mate. Well, well done, mate. That is this week's kind of quasi pseudo game. Yeah. Woo. For this week, you were passed with flying colours, mate, on a pretty easy one. I feel like you've celebrated Star Wars throughout the episode, and I think you ended with the ultimate celebration yeah. of the iconic moments in Star Wars there. So well done, mate. Yeah, that, that, it was at the game. That's where we got serious during the game. Yeah. The rest know. was a build up. The rest yes. was context. This was the yes. real deal. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very this good. is it. Yeah. Right, so mate. good, so good. We, we, oh, yeah. we haven't got one of those in, have we? I know. We spoke about binary sunset. We never once said it was. So good. I know. We were being too serious, weren't we? We had God, our serious hats on. Very reverential, which we can do. See, guys. I uh, know. We might be young, hip, and super cool to our uh, <laughs> to our significant others or mothers, but uh, we can be serious <laughs> sometimes. Good. But um, that is it, then, mate. <laughs> Episode two hundred. And 31, we've opened the year with a look forward to Star Wars and also looking at one of the greatest scenes ever shot in cinematic history. I think that's a good start for 2024, mate. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, yeah, mate. Big time. Yeah. 2K24. Yes, I had to work that out when it works. I dig it. Yeah. That is that then for this episode of Star Wars Sessions E231. But the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us? Master Blywalker. They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. Instagram. We can't update our notes here. Saying Twitter, you know, change it out for X. Do people call it X? I don't know. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever, TikTok, threads. Just search Star Wars Sessions. You will find us there. Drop us a voice note or a message. You've got a question, check it our way. Send it to our email, which is, of course, hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Please don't forget about our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Two quid, two bucks gets you in the club, mate. Become a session sickhead. You won't regret it. Yeah? Come on. Come on. Come on. But if you want to support the show for free, keep doing what you're doing and just listen. But please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the big ones. By the time we finish this spiel, you could have done it. And by doing that, we would have helped the show grow. You get new listeners in. And it's another way to hear from more of you each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, tell your nearest wandering old lady in the desert, tell your cousin, <laughs> the more, the merrier, the castle spicier. Ooh, yeah, tell your nearest knockoff Jira that this is the podcast you're looking for. <laughs> so until next time from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you always. This feels appropriate. Luke! Oh, it is. It is, it is appropriate. Finally. Luke! 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 <laughs> oh, Rust Giant. Yes. <laughs> Just right. Yeah. Patron, isn't it? It's patron. Bad. Rust Giant. Love it. Spoonerism! <laughs> Wait! I am not the creator of Mara Jade, and I want you to get out of this office right now.
What?